0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Materializing Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Michael Helton, but more importantly today, our guest, Lindsay Carr. Super excited to welcome Lindsay to the show today. She's been a loan officer here on the Emerald Coast for nearly a decade, and although that wasn't always the plan as she graduated with a biology degree, Lindsay is a shining example of truly showing that your path is one that you create and your own success is determined by your mindset. Anyone who has used Lindsay as a lender can attest to her empathy and amount of passion for getting people into homes to be clearly defined and evident in every interaction throughout the home buying or refinancing process. Lindsay shares how she has been able to differentiate herself as a leading lender in a seemingly saturated market since COVID and how the quality of relationships with people as a whole Has been the greatest investment she's made, not only in her career, but in her life. From biology to home buying, whatever it is Lindsay does, she does it with excellence. And that will show itself clear as crystal as you embark on the journey with us here on the Materializing Mindset podcast. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, Lindsay. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm super happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. You know, it's a you and I first met um, through Isaiah. He, he recommended me a few different lenders and ended up going with you. But, you know, that's kind of how we met and how, how you know, we got to know each other. And and through that, I really learned and saw how you operated, who you were and kind of the character and integrity that you hold with you everywhere you go. Yeah. And so that that was a big reason I wanted to have you on. So, that's awesome. yeah, awesome. No, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, super appreciate you coming on. I mean, so I really just wanted to kind of start there with, you know, I know you and I have talked a little bit but but just for everyone listening like what what's the what would you say is like the most fulfilling part about lending? I know that's kind of a loaded question because there's a lot of parts to it but just in terms of of what that feeling is like knowing that you're helping someone get into a home.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um I I really didn't expect to have fulfillment in this job when I first started. Um, I was just an assistant for my boss right out of college. Um, but once I went off on my own and I was actually taking the responsibility of of all the financials of people, um, really just people that came from nothing, you know, their parents didn't leave them anything. They'd had a really hard time. And, you know, they never expected to ever be able to, to purchase a home for their family. And even if they started out with five thirty credit scores, you know, I would help them build their credit up and they'd close on a house. And, you know, I'd just get these thankful letters afterwards just telling me like, you know, I never believed that I could buy a house until you like put me on this path and you you helped my family more than, you know, you could ever imagine.
0: That's that's one of the big things about home ownership is it's not just a singularly affected purchase. Exactly. It, it can really change the trajectory of generations to come. I mean, homes only go up in value exactly. and as they get paid off and passed down, that's just a cash flowing asset for mm-hmm. any family member to take advantage of and but you really are setting up generations yeah. for for yeah. success. And um I kind of wanted to go back to to so you mentioned that people will come to you with a 530 credit score and and so you're saying that you'll kind of help them in, in, in a way where you know that they're not kind of ready to purchase a home? or
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so
0: how do you kind of guide them or, or what do you do in that regard in terms of really helping people getting into that home?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um you know, obviously the first thing that we do is get an application and pull credit. Mm. And so that's going to be the first thing that we look at is what their credit scores are. And that's what I evaluate before we ever look at income or, you know, anything else. So as soon as I see that they have those credit scores, we have a ton of different tools where we can run simulators on, you know, even time periods like if could be immediate. You know, if they paid this one debt off to $10, we can get their scores up to a 640. For instance, if they have 530 scores, because they have like late payments or collections or something like that, we can put in like paying this collection off or paying this account off or even opening up a new account, and it'll take six months. Um, so I can put a whole plan together for these people that have no idea, or they're you know looking at credit karma online that really you know gives them a kind of an idea, but not really. Mortgage credit is totally different, and so I can get them on a whole plan to get their scores up and be ready to purchase.
0: And 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 no 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 knock against credit karma, but looking at that from a business perspective, that's an advertising site. Yeah. For for loans for you know that that's exactly. what it mostly is, Absolutely. and and they happen to run your credit score as well. So that's really interesting, though, that you know, you'll kind of take these people who who need some work, who need some help. And instead of just saying, Call me in a year when you fix this, you, you're yeah. kind of taking them by the hand and saying, Let's do this together. Absolutely. You know, I think that that just speaks volumes of of who you are and like again, that fulfillment that you seek to obtain from it. And it seems like for anyone listening, even if you don't think you're ready to buy a house, just go ahead and apply with Lindsay and then you know, she'll give you all the tools you yeah. need to, to get there. I mean, that's that's really incredible. I mean, just just to make yourself available like that. I know that you know, this job can be really stressful. It's really taxing. There's a lot of after hour stuff that, you know, people see you smiling at closing and don't realize how much it took to get there. Um, What would you say has been like, because I know for me, right, coming from an industry where if you're not working 60 to 72 hours a week, you're just not going to make the money that's worth it to do it. And it was really hard for me to strike that balance. So, I mean, how are you able to kind of balance that? That way, you're able to really give your all to those folks who yeah. need it to get ahead.
1: Um, so that's actually been probably one of the hardest things that I've had to learn how to separate, you know, personal and business life. Um, when I started, obviously, when you're going off on your own, doing all of this, like you're scrambling for anything that you can get. You know, you just need to close to be able to pay your bills. Um, I've really tried to balance that and you know, I just have had to try to set a little bit of boundaries because, you know, I can't work 24 seven. So I, it's just kind of setting boundaries and lines with people, you know, and, and if they're willing to help themselves, if I tell you, I need your tax returns when you submit the application and then you submit the application without tax returns, like I can't do anything with it. So I can, I can only help someone as much as they're willing to help themselves.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's a really good point too, is, is finding that balance and, and, you know, we underestimate people's ability to be okay with information. Yeah. And and what you're saying, it, it it reminds me of I was purchasing a vehicle for my wife last year and there was a dealer in Noonan, Georgia that had the exact car that she wanted, the Hyundai Santa Fe. It had the, you know, panoramic sunroof, all that stuff, and it's a great price. Yeah. And I told the guy, I said, Man, I, I'm willing to buy this car today, barring any serious issues, but I'll be there at like 515. I know you guys close at five. Is there any way that I can come in and, and buy this thing? He's like, man, I got dinner with the family. You'll have to come another day. And to me, that didn't turn me off. That yeah. didn't make me upset. That made me realize like this guy is legit. Yeah. He's not hungry for every single thing because yep. it comes off where it's like, if you're willing to do anything and everything for a deal, people get kind of standoffish because exactly. you know. And so for him to do that, I can definitely attest that that what you're doing is is resonating with people in the same way because it it allows them to understand that. You do value that.
1: It it almost like makes you resentful over the over the job too. Like I want to be able to give you my hundred percent. So let me give you my hundred percent whenever I'm able to do that. You know I don't want to be working at nine o'clock and not be fully intertwined in that application and make sure that I'm you know not missing anything. Um, So yeah, that's it's super important and, and it did take me a very long time to figure out that balance because I was fully into it, had no you know, boundaries, anything. I mean, I would get phone calls at 11 o'clock at night on Saturdays. Totally understand those certain situations, you know, sometimes you have to do that. Um, but it is, it's setting up boundaries for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and that, and, and again, I I can totally agree and attest to what you're saying. So, I mean, it, I found just like right with what you're saying, the more time I took off, the better I performed at work, and that intentional rest was a form of investment in a future return. Exactly, and exactly. it allows again, it allows you to be more available to your clients. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds counterintuitive, but the actual time that you're spending is so much more of quality. You know, and um, I kind of want to go back to that that quality time that you're talking about and being 100 for for people because, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Lindsay got me into my first home with with the the program that we were able to get and got a rate that I, I I'm not willing to say right here because some <laughs> people might feel upset about it. But um we, we were able to close on that, you know, relatively quickly, barring a couple of, of delays, but there was a there was an the owner was in Arizona. The agent was in Miami. So spread across three different time zones. And it could make for some issues in terms of communication. But one thing that I knew the entire time was like, I could call you during mm-hmm. business hours. And if I didn't get a response, I get a text and I'll call you right back. Yep. And all questions were answered. And, you know, at the time I was given kind of a list of lenders yeah. to, to call on. I called a couple and it's like, eh, it wasn't, it just wasn't like a good character fit. Yeah. Like it, you know, and I'll say this, and I don't want you to wince too hard, but I was talking to a guy <laughs> with Rocket Mortgage, and oh. nothing, nothing against, nothing against Rocket Mortgage, but um, I mean, he and, he and the thing is, he was great. Like yeah. I was talking to you, I was talking to him, and um, he was doing all the right things. He was answering all my questions the same way you were. We were finding out which program would be best, and it really just came down to which program was going to have the better rate yeah. for me. And I remember asking you, I said, Lindsay, is there any way that you can tell me the rate? And you're like, well, until we get a contract executed, this rate is very much subject to exactly. change, but this is what you're, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I, you know, again, I can live with that. Cause you told me the transparency of it. And I go to ask this gentleman for rocket mortgage. And it, it, it was clear to see, he was trained by someone to never release the rate until, you know, the yeah. earnest money and the contracts put in. And he was like, well, I, I'd be willing to tell you. And all you've got to do is put down X amount. And it will, t-. I'm like look, man, you're doing great. Like, I'm not, you're not losing me on this. I just need to know the number, like, just so I know where I'm at. Absolutely. And he, after about five minutes of conversating, he still was not willing to give it. And finally, I was just like, all right, man, have a good one. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I was like, yeah, man, just have a good day. And that was it because it's like, I I don't, there's, there's much more to that process than just getting that rate solidified. And so if at that point I'm seeing that it kind of tells what's going to happen later. And I was so happy I made that decision So I just want to kind of go, you know, you had kind of mentioned it before, but you having that confidence to kind of just deliver information that may be received differently. Mm -hmm. um, But I think the transparency and that confidence in yourself to know that you're coming from the right place is what allows people to find that trust in you. So I'm wondering, like, how did you... Come, like, did you all did you just come into the game knowing that, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta put on this face of confidence so that, so that it starts to resonate? Or, like, how did that, how did you gain that? Was it just through experience?
1: Absolutely not. Um, so I actually went to school for biology. I was biology major um, and I graduated at UWF and I just didn't really know. I know I wanted to go into the medical field, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I had scholarships and stuff, so I hadn't paid for any school and I was like, I need to figure out what I want to do before I start taking out these student loans. Um, so I took a break, just wanted to come home get a full-time job just to, to figure some stuff out. And um, my boss at the time when she hired me, I had actually grown up with her daughter playing soccer my entire life. And so she actually got word that I was looking for a job and this other company was going to hire me, not mortgage, but somebody else. And she was like, don't talk to them. She called my mom up and was like, I want to hire Lindsay right away. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm getting into, but full-time job out of college. Okay, I'll take it. Sure. So little did I know this is what I was jumping into Um, So I started off as her assistant, um, knowing absolutely not a thing about mortgages, the process, nothing. I always saw her on the computer and on the phone, you know, all throughout school. And I was like, what is she doing? She's always working, you know, and now I know why. Um, But she just kind of I learned the basics and she just started being like, hey here's a piece of paper with some information. You're going to the sales meeting and you're going to talk in front of 25 agents and just, you know, here you go. So I went from literally stuttering and like sweating and like not even knowing what I said when I got done speaking in front of agents to, you know, now I can, I can do presentations. I can do this. I can call somebody that I've never talked to before. Um, so, I mean, it definitely, she, she just kind of took me out of my comfort zone and threw me in, but I wouldn't be where I am now if, if she didn't do that because I, I didn't have that experience at all.
0: That's so awesome. I I absolutely love that story cuz I think in life sometimes we need other people to to see what we can't. Exactly. You know, cuz I think so often and I know this is true of me like I have these limiting beliefs where uh that you know that I'm not worth it type, like that nah, that's not you know I'm never going to be that. It's almost one of those things where having a mentor is so important in that regard. And I think on every episode that I've talked to with people so far, they've mentioned the importance of mentors. Mm-hmm. So so what was it so what was it like getting up on stage talking to people how old were you when all that was going on like
1: oh gosh 22 23 I guess yeah and yeah.
0: so you were speaking at like conferences where
1: not conferences more okay. like real estate offices um, but like I said I I didn't know guidelines for mortgages yet like I just was up there speaking on you know a new product and I was like I don't even know any I, I didn't know anything. I went in and and now I'm, I'm a guideline junkie. Like I have all the guidelines saved on my computer. Like I go back to underwriters and I'm like, Hey, it says this in the guidelines, you know, uh, and I, I argue a lot of the times with, with underwriters because I'm like, I have it in writing right here that this is what it says. So why are you asking for this? Um, so, you know, just having those, I, I don't like to not know the answer mortgages, you know, things change all the time. So, there is times that I don't know the answer or, you know, it's a super specific situation where it's never been, I, I've never seen it before. So obviously, you know, I tell people, I don't know this, but let me go figure it out. And that's what I do. I'm the type of person who I, I like to know everything, you know, front to back. And I like to, to be able to put the puzzles together.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that problem solving ability is what kind of sets people apart in your industry. because. Exactly a lot of people can get faced with these questions and it's and and again you have to be uncomfortable and go to the underwriters right because that mm-hmm. that all it all plays back into what you originally said that overcoming that fear of talking to those 25 agents is the same exact movement if you will that muscle memory mm-hmm. that allows you to call up the underwriters and just be direct exactly. and say hey look what's going on with this you know i need an answer on this and that is really what can separate a lot of people is that um not being Agreeable all the time. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that set me back from really fu- wanting wanting to fulfill what I wanted to do was that I, I, you know, I don't know, I'm in this position and everything's, you know, hunky dory and it's and it's going well. So like, I don't want to switch it up, but you know, being able to go against the grain and to and to ask those hard questions is what can get you the good answers. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just a really powerful thing to be able to do. So, yeah, so definitely. So I guess you know earlier you mentioned that seeing your friend's mom kind of work as a, as a loan officer. So you knew absolutely nothing coming into the industry out of college. There was no, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in a sales management marketing degree. I've, you know, it's, that's always what I've wanted to do. So it's, it's to me, switching industries like that is so much more or not industries necessarily, but, but interests Mm -hmm. is such a big undertaking. And it's such a, there's a lot, there's a lot more anxiety involved, I would, I would assume. So it's like, How did you, over time, learn to gain that confidence to realize, like, I belong here. This is what I'm aimed to do.
1: Yeah. Um, So, you know, as I was going out and, you know, having to speak in front of agents, I was really kind of starting to make my own connections with other agents. Um, I was getting into um, the Emerald Coast Association of Realtors. They have different groups in that. So I was joining those. I was going to different events. So I started kind of breaking out of my comfort shell and introducing myself and meeting and making my own relationships with these agents or with these people um, to the point where even though I was still working under my boss at the time, I was starting to get business from these agents. So they were starting to send me loans um, and to the point where I wasn't even able to work on Cheryl's loans anymore. I was just working on the loans that were being referred to me. So whenever I got to that point where I wasn't even able to help her on her loans and that was my whole job is when I finally was like I think it's time that I need, you know, to take the next step and actually go off on my own because I've built enough relationships to be able to pretty much do it myself.
0: So that's really interesting and and I kind of want to kind of pivot more towards back to how you see the customer and how you see people who are looking for a loan, you know. I think a lot of times People are are not as apt to putting everything into a customer until they get that contract signed or until they get that earnest money down. And you know, I just want to kind of talk about how you approach it in terms of of every customer is the same, whether it's fifty k or eight hundred k. That you know, it all comes back around, whether it be referrals or whether they have a family member who who wants to use you or they get refinanced. Like, so do you do you more center yourself on on the relationship building part of the of, of the uh industry rather than just like the pure numbers of like the best rate and the best. Yes.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, like you said, every customer to me is the same, whether they're closing a $50,000 loan or an $800,000 loan. If you treat everybody with the same amount of respect, you give them the same amount of time, you answer all their questions. I mean, just start to finish. You, you treat them the same. It doesn't matter what you end up making off of that one deal. Um, they have family. They have friends. I mean, honestly, the most of my referrals have come from lower priced, you know, loans due to the fact that they were so thankful that I got this deal done that they're they're sharing my name with everybody they know because they're like, this girl can make things happen. You need to call her. And so it, it comes around. And I mean, I've had times when, no, I wasn't able to help that specific person or they were looking for a construction loan and I'm not able to do construction loans yet, but they were very appreciative of the time that I spent on the phone with them just giving them information that I've had those people share my information with other people. So it's just like treating people the same. I just want to share information, you know, even if I'm not able to help them, it'll all come around. Um, just being nice, spend, spending time with them, answering their questions and, you know, I just feel like it all blends together in, in one way or another and, and comes back around. So that's that's really what I like to focus on born and raised in this area. Like I just I just want to help people over here.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, and that and that shows, right? I mean, people who have listened to this thing this far can can easily tell that that's where your head's at. That it's not in. Let, I I only want to go after X amount and above, mm-hmm. or I only want to go after this area, exactly. or it, it's it's really more of like how can I get the most people in homes, and that's and I think a lot of times, you know, when you chase the purpose, the money chases you. It becomes an yeah. ancillary byproduct of what you're actually doing.
1: Exactly,
0: and you know, I, I think that that's such an awesome way to look at this because, and I kind of wanted to to let that flow into another part of this where, and I could be wrong on this, but it seems like loan officers and lenders have started to market themselves more. Yes. Like it it seems like when I was growing up and coming up, you know, the old ad is that real estate's the only uh, uh, job where your headshots on a business card, you know, and and you see their face, you see who they are. But I didn't really see a lot of lenders, but now it just seems like there's more and more emphasis put on loan officers. Is that just to create more trust within the market?
1: Um, So that's not a hundred percent of the case. What I really think is big in this area is keeping it local. I really think that, you know, from small businesses to real estate, like everybody in this community kind of likes to keep things within the community. They want everybody locally to be able to succeed. They don't, Want to send business to somebody that's a lender in California or Arkansas. Like, um, so I think that they've more so focused on using local lenders because, you know, Rocket Mortgage, for example, you could call them up and you don't know if you're going to get that same lender on the phone. You don't know where the status of your loan is. You don't know when they're going to close. Like, they want to be able to walk into an office of somebody and sit down at their desk and talk to them and know exactly what's going on with all of their deals. Um, So I feel like You know, with the big market increase, you know, during COVID and everything, everybody was getting into real estate. Everybody was getting into lending because that's where all the money technically was being. I mean, you know, you would meet somebody that was 22 years old that just became a realtor and was closing millions of dollars in deals, and you're like, holy crap, you know. So I think everybody just kind of was looking at it like a fast track to making money at that point. It's more so just, finding a relationship and and a lender that you trust. Um, But then again, you do want to stay top of mind because with everybody getting into the business, you want to be somebody that you're seeing their face everywhere. And Mm. so I feel like, although you probably don't get a direct phone call from a billboard when you're shopping lenders and you've heard this person's name a couple of times and then you see their face on the billboard, it's more so like this person's credible. Their, their, their names everywhere. People are using them. Like I want to try this lender. Obviously they're doing a good job if all these people are talking about them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny. You mentioned that about the the marketing touches, you know, I I, I'm kind of privy to paying attention to that kind of stuff just because it's really interesting to me. And I watched two clips from a podcast and then was in Walmart and saw Celsius and I'd Mm -hmm. never had a Celsius before but i was like why does that and then i started backtracking and i'm like oh yeah i watched Theo Vaughn and patrick bet david and there was two clips where they just had a celsius sitting there mm-hmm. they didn't talk about celsius there wasn't a celsius ad but just seeing that and and seeing it next to someone that i trust you know it, it creates that loyalty exactly. and it creates that wanting to like where have i seen lindsay oh that's right my friend shared a thing on facebook that that she did an awesome job with the and you know i mean there's so many different stories of that where you're absolutely right i mean you, you just and in, in a market that's becoming more saturated, there has to be a way for you to differentiate yourself. Exactly. And you're not going to be able to do that just by spitting out numbers because we're emotional Absolutely. creatures. So whenever mm-hmm. you can create that trust and people can see you in the community and they can see you giving back and they can see you, you know, willing to network and talk with anybody who wants to learn more about this industry, you know, um, that's I, I learned. So I remember whipping out my TI-85 TI talking to you numbers yeah. <laughs> so I could like get the I'm like, OK, so that means the payments going to be this. And I could just tell there was that passion for it where you know, I wasn't annoying you. You were like excited to talk about it, you know, and, and I really think that that rubs off. And, you know, it's like you say, if someone calls you and they find out they're not ready for a home right now, well, guess what? Who, guess who they're calling when they're ready?
1: Exactly. You
0: know, and that's the thing is, is in this type of situation, a lot of times I think we feel as sellers of anything of a product or a service or, or a mortgage that we need the person to be on our timeline when really you're on their timeline. Yeah. And so I think for you to understand that is really crucial. And that's one thing that I've had to, you know, I've been kicked in the teeth a few times trying to under, trying to get that through yeah. that I'm, I'm burning contacts because I'm trying to push them to do something they're not ready to do. Exactly. And so I think the fact that you understand that, again, just goes back to that empathy that you have that go. And um, so I kind of just wanted to go into like growing up. Was it something that, you know, but what do you think kind of led you to be able to make those choices that? made you want to be successful?
1: Yeah. So, um, my parents were divorced when I was super, super young, only saw my dad every other weekend, you know, so I pretty much grew up with a single mom, you know, for the most part. Um, and she just really worked super hard and, you know, tried to provide everything for me, which she did great job. Um, but I just kind of always saw myself as wanting to be better and like push myself harder. I was always, always a hard worker, always got all my stuff done. Um, you can ask my mom, but I was a perfect child. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I just, I didn't ever want to be in that position where I was struggling at all. I wanted to be independent and provide for myself. And I mean, which I am now, like I, I would never have to rely on anybody. Um, and so maybe more so not you know, business looking, but like just me wanting to be able to provide for myself and not have to depend on anybody is is what mostly I wanted to set myself up for. Yeah. So maybe not success in, in general, but just not having to depend on anybody besides myself.
0: Well and that's I think that's a fantastic place to start. I mean, because being able to provide for yourself, it allows you that freedom to think creatively, mm-hmm. think outside the box, and you instill that confidence. Because whenever you're, whenever you're in a place where you feel like you are truly able to provide for yourself, you have that confidence to know that, like, you're able to guide yourself on the earth now. Yep. You know what? Like, it, it's hard to really explain, but like, when you reach that point in adulthood or wh- whatever point it is that you're able to look at your life and where you're at and say, I can do this on my own. It's, it's this really big mm-hmm. burst of, you know, it's like when you get your license, yep. there's a reason you let the lanyard hang out your pocket and, exactly. and you twirl your keys around in class, you know, because you and everybody know that like, yeah. look, look, I'm able to be independent. I'm able to be on my own. And there's a huge level of confidence that comes with that. And, you know, that's really a, 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 I love hearing that, that you use that as motivation to want to excel. And, you know, I know one thing my parents has always told me is like, they want me to be better than them. Like that's, yeah. you want the generational line to go upward yeah. an upward trajectory. And so I think you being able to recognize that and really put your best foot forward and not, you know, cause I know for me, like things that, that occurred in my childhood or different things that I look at, I can use as a crutch or I can say, well, that's a reason why mm-hmm. I didn't, da, 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 da. it's like, or I can use it. As, it's the same yeah, exactly. way I can flip it around and re- use it as a reason to go all that much more into whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. And so I think, you know, hearing you say that it really inspires me to look at what what I've you know, we've all been through stuff in our childhood. But to to look at that and understand, like, that's what brought me to this point. Exactly. And so I'm blessed to have gone through it. Yeah. Um, another idea that you share is that, you know, you surround yourself with successful people, you hang out with successful people, and that's who you end up becoming. So would you say that that's where you find
1: yeah and and maybe not so much as like successful people um they have their life together for the most part they they have goals they have dreams um they're family oriented like just people that see a future for themselves Mm -hmm. and are building a future for themselves. Um, So I'm not saying, you know, somebody that's making millions of dollars and, you know, hanging out with them and being their best friend. I'm saying like people that have goals and, you know, family and, you know, have something going for them in their lives in general, not somebody that's still out don't really know what they're going to do the next morning kind of thing. Having those people surrounding you who not only are, they have great lives and, you know, they're building families and stuff like that, but they're also on your side pushing you forward. I mean, I have some of the best friends ever too. I mean, the networking bits, all of that's great. I I love looking up to people and, and hearing their stories. And I mean, I've heard people that had $10 in their bank account and brain cancer, and now they're multimillionaires, you know, buying hundreds of thousands of you know, dollars in in investment properties and apartment complexes. And it's like, you know, they started off on YouTube making YouTube videos and have come that far. And it's just, you know, that's super crazy. And it's like, well, I even have this great of a life and had none of those issues. And like you turned that into this. So, um, I mean, that's, those are definitely great meetings and great people to, to hear from and see and be around as well. Um, but you know, I have a really great group of friends that have also pushed me and, you know, are great to surround myself with as well.
0: Yeah, well, and that's and and what you described is like the exact definition I give on here for success. It's yeah. people who define their own lives as successful. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. Exactly. What do people who know what? What do people's faces look like when your name comes up when you're calling them? Mm-hmm. That's the real question. Yeah. Are they rolling their eyes and sighing, or are they smiling like, "Oh, what, what, Lindsay's calling. Let's see what she's exactly. got." Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think. That's absolutely so true, and I and it it's kind of cool to hear you basically say that networking events really aren't what you're talking about there, because I think that can be a limiting factor too, because people don't know where to start with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's like which do I go, FLPRA? Do I go Florida real estate? Like who, which do I get involved? Do I pay for the membership fee? Like how? Uh, but really, if you just go find the people that, you know, like you said, are goal oriented. They, their values align, mm-hmm. whether no matter what those values are, if they line up with yours, hang out with them mm-hmm. and, and see what they're doing. And then you can all bring each other up, you know, exactly. and, and when you can build that foundation around people that, you know, and trust and love it, it makes for just a better life. You have a yeah. better, better time spent. So I think, yeah, surrounding yourself with, with like-minded people is just, it, it's major. So you've, you've recently made a switch. Where now in, in your workspace you, you might be surrounding yourself with new people or did, so with movement mortgage, tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about movement mortgage because I know they're kind of a bigger up and coming uh, uh lender and, and so yeah, just I know
1: Yeah. So um so I've been with movement for a little over a year now. Um and really it's it's probably one of the best companies out there. It is, it's absolutely amazing. Not only, you know, is the whole process, the loan process, the loan programs, the rates, all of that, but the company is based on like really big morals um they actually
0: like 40 percent of its owned by some foundation yes it's and the owned, ceo yes. is even yes like if you look on the ceo's linkedin his cover photo is him helping yes kids they, with we drinking build
1: water. schools all over the country all over in like south america um they do mission trips like three four times a year say we wanted to donate to a local organization in this area which we do like every 2 months or so like every loan we close we donate you know 50 to 100 dollars per loan to somewhere in the community and our company matches it um so they are very charitable uh, and they are, their focus is more on the people not on the money yeah um so that's you know they treat their employees very well because if their employees aren't making the money they can't donate to they're not worried about making money for themselves and growing personally with that they're looking to help build stuff for other people.
0: Right. Well, and and that's the thing too. I think I think people um who are who are acting with intention like that and you see it at the top, mm-hmm. at the leadership, that really resonates and goes down all it the does. way through to the culture. Yeah. I mean because a company because what ends up happening is if you have a company that just says they do all that stuff and the CEO is making Instagram reels with his Rolls-Royce, it's like you're just going to roll your Wish eyes. I've you been
1: at a company that. that was like that before yeah. and they did not treat their employees, you know, the best and we were just, you know, Discarded and um, this company, they definitely value everybody. You know, they if if you bring up a problem, they're jumping on it. They're giving you calls. They're making calls to higher up, and and they're taking care of it for you. um
0: You know, when you're when you're talking about something like movement mortgage, and you really want to make a movement in a community,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure they go crazy with that and oh, like yeah. marketing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I was hoping we were tracking there. So um, and and that's the thing is it's a compounding effect. So like the more loans they close, the more they're giving back. So it's a it's an equal precedent across mm-hmm. the line and, you know, whenever you have a company that's willing to adhere to that principle in monetary form and actionable results, I mean, it, it speaks volumes of it.
1: Well, and two, I will say with this company, there's not a lot of people that leave, um, you know, there's been other companies in the past where, you know, one change in management or something and everything kind of like went downhill. This company is totally different while everybody started losing their jobs, you know, a couple months ago um, and companies were going out of business. We were hiring people um, still and we re- we have a very, very high retention rate. So if that doesn't speak volumes, then I don't know what could because, you know, just keeping loan officers because they're being treated or I mean, not even just loan officers, everybody, you know, underwriters, processors, whoever, because they're being treated the right way, you know, speaks volumes of the company.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and I can tell you firsthand that I that it, it's there's something to be said in a down market when you're at a company like that, mm-hmm. because it, at Bird Eye where I'm at, we're doing the same thing. Like we're expanding, we're growing, we're, we're, I think, when I look at that and I look at where our trajectory is as a company, I look at, again, other people in exactly. our space who a lot of layoffs, a lot of problems with the with the software because, you know, they're not able to employ the best developers anymore mm-hmm. and their bandwidth's gone down. So crashes happen more often. And so it allows you to be more focused on your job when you're with a company that can succeed in exactly. times where most people are, are admitting that it's not the best time economically. Exactly. Um But again, it allows you to focus on that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's the same way that if I'm healthy, which I'm blessed to be, that I can focus on other areas of my life. But like, and so that's just really cool to know that you're at a company that's going to succeed. And, you know, I mean, this year, I think a lot of people are looking weird at this year. But I mean, the cost of materials is going down. The cost of of materials to build heavy machinery is going down. So the Mm -hmm. cost of home building is going down. The cost of home prices is going down. And there's a really cool... I, and I've wanted to know more about this, but there's a really cool buy down program that you had that you had kind of mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's meant to take advantage of a shift in the market where you can refinance it into a lower rate and get a buyback, but but kind of go into detail okay. about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So really what it is is um, you can pay a buy down fee up front at closing. And so we have a two one buy down and then we have a three, two, one buy down. So the first year of the mortgage, your rate will actually be three points lower than that current rate that we locked it in at. So if it was a 6% when we locked it in, for the first year of the mortgage, it'll be a 3%. For the second year, it'll be a 4%. And for the third year, it'll be a 5%. Um, So you're getting, you're saving thousands and thousands of dollars. But say, for instance, you know, and then so the fourth year, it it would go back to the 6%. So if after the first year, the regular rates go down to 5%. You've already saved a lot of money for your rate being 3% for the first year, but you can actually refinance into a 5% rate and that extra, the cost that you use for the buy-down fee, um, whatever, so they pretty much collect what you save for those, those years of the loan. That's what you're paying up front. So if you only use that one year for the 3%, that whole additional cost on the back end after you refinance, you would get credited back for that.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: And then you're back at a 5%. So you've saved. So after that third year, you know, it would go back up to a 6%, but now you're at a 5%. So you save more money around the long term, and you get a credit back for those, that cost that you paid up front.
0: Wow. So it's like cash in your pocket. Mm -hmm. that's legit that's a really incredible program it is
1: It is. and you know honestly i'm not even gonna lie i didn't even know about the credit back until the end of december we uh we had like a, a watch party for this barry habib guy who runs mbs highway he does all the market updates he's never been wrong about any of his projections on the rates or the market or anything ever um and so he did a big you know 2023 market update and he works very hand in hand with movement um he's Yeah, very close with with the owners and everything. So he does stuff for us quite a bit. But he was going and explaining that program. And I was like, wait, I was like, this is huge. Because you know, any other loan company you because we service most of our loans, Mm -hmm. um, which means when you make your payment, after you close, you're making it to movement, you're not it's not getting sold off to another company. And you're, you know, having to set up new accounts, we service our, our loans. Most of those other companies don't have the credit back because they're going off and they're being serviced by other companies. So if you're closing with Movement and you're refinancing with Movement, you're getting that check back regardless.
0: And it's the old thing where if you you know time spent in the market is better than trying to time the market. Yes. You know, it's if if you're waiting if you're waiting for the right time to buy a house, Mm -hmm. you're you're going to be on your deathbed and it's going to go be and nothing ever happened because I mean it's not all always going to all line up. And, and that's with buying a house. That's with taking into a new job. That's mm-hmm. when anything new. So, you know, I think being able to 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 mitigate some of that in terms of of that program is is really major because it's going to help people out. It's going to help people be more confident yeah. in a market that that there's a little bit of uncertainty, but the home market is strong.
1: Yeah, well, and been. too, with the market shift a little bit now, the sellers are paying closing cost again. You'll see on a ton of listings around here that, they're offering this much money for a two one buy down like that's that's in people's listings now because it is, you know, a, a bunch of people are offering this program now. Um, so they're giving incentives for buyers to buy as soon as possible because these houses are sitting on the market longer. They're trying to sell these houses and they're willing to pay this money to get a lower rate because that's kind of been the hold up with most buyers is the rates being higher. But either way, Barry Habib podcast, he kind of mentioned it as a separate bank account for your mortgage. So instead of paying rent to a landlord and you're never seeing that money again, you're making this mortgage payment, but you're technically putting it into account towards your mortgage. So it's never not going anywhere. You're just paying down something else that's still going to be yours at the end of it. You're still making an investment and you're still going to have this property unless you sell it. You're not spending that money and it's going nowhere afterwards.
0: Well, it's almost, I mean, and and then you can, and again, I'm not like a, a loan expert. None of this is loan advice, but it's like <laughs> it's like, I feel like, you know, just to keep it simple, if you've got a hundred thousand dollar loan and you pay it down ten grand, mm-hmm. well, now if you decide to refinance, that difference is made up in the exactly. refi. So it's like, and you could get a lower rate when you refi mm-hmm. and you could and and now that money is just coming right back to you through refinance. And yep. now you can make the updates you wanted, or you can use that money to an investment property exactly. or whatever you want to do. Exactly. And that's the thing is like you ha- and, and like you said, you have that ability to look forward into the future. Guys, you gotta look forward into the future and see that that it's going to pay off. Yep. Property, land. Look, you're not buying a G class. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're gonna have to the
1: values are gonna keep going up mm-hmm. no matter what. And you know, three years ago I was like, why did I not buy all these properties three years ago when the prices were so low? But you should buy now because in the next three years, you're going to be like, why didn't I buy those properties three years ago? Um, so I mean, this area is just, it's its not like anywhere else in the country. You know, We have military bases everywhere. There's always people vacationing. There's always people retiring. There's people going in and out constantly. So this is one of the best areas you can buy and invest in. I mean, regardless of what the rates are, those are always going to change, but just get the property.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the biggest thing, right? Is like, This this area especially, there's never going to be a time when there's Mm -hmm. not demand
1: to keep up with the buyer uh, demand right now. People would have to build 200 houses a month. It was either a month or a day.
0: That's insanity. That you know, this 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 calls back to you know. I'm so thankful for you (laughs) because, and and I'll kind of talk back to the loan that I got because now that we're on the topic of buying the home, it's like I went in as a beach service guy Mm -hmm. and being in the service industry, you know, you always have this idea like like yeah, you got cash, but uh like did you claim it? Did you do yep. this? Did you do that? And so um I kind of want to talk about cuz this area is so filled with people working in the service industry and it's a great opportunity to make money. You do have that downtime in the off season where you're able to go on go to a ski resort or go yeah. snowboarding or you know, whatever. And so I kind of want to talk about how you've been able to kind of work loans in a way that work for people who are in those kind of jobs where there is a lot of gratuities. There's a lot of uncertainty in income.
1: Yeah. Um, so I do work with quite a lot of people because there is, you know, a lot of service industry in this area, you know, with all the tourists, restaurants, whatever, whenever I'm, I'm speaking with somebody that's getting gratuity or tips or commission. Uh, the first thing I do is look at their pay stubs and make sure that they've had a two year history of receiving that. It doesn't have to be at the same job, they can have been at you know multiple different restaurants as long as they've been receiving the same type of income for two years. Mm-hmm. We pretty much have to average out what their commission is. And it can't be they went from commission to tips to whatever, like it has to be tips for two years, commission for two years. They're very, very specific when it comes to that type of variable income. I'm looking at their pay stubs. I'm getting a two year, you know, verifications of employment, all of that, averaging it out and, you know, see what they qualify for. If it's a little bit less than what they're wanting, I'm like y'all need to be claiming every single last tip on your paycheck. You know, when I was a server, you know, however long ago, they always told us never to claim tips on our paychecks. And that's just because they didn't want to have to pay taxes on all of it. And now I like, I hate that for people because I didn't know, I just was listening to everybody else. And so I'm sure that they say that to, to people still today, but, um, claiming as much, And tips on your paycheck as you possibly can, because we can use all of that as long as it's claimed. Anything that's cash, we can't touch. We can't use it, nothing. So if you're getting it and you can claim it on your paychecks, claim every single cent.
0: I think one of the big things is is to understand that like that instant gratification of getting all that money Mm -hmm. and not having to put a percentage aside in a safe somewhere so that you can pay it when it comes in March. You know, and a lot of times too, when you when you claim tips on taxes, it's understanding all these little idiosyncrasies aside from just like oh no i don't have more money in my pocket it's not that it's it's easier than people assume exactly and that's going to line you up again when when you have enough cash to to pay for closing and and you find a a property or something happens where you're in a position to buy that that you're able to do it yeah well and
1: two if you are in the service industry if you're looking to buy or looking for information to get started i would say Start as soon as possible because I I do feel like with service industry um, buyers, it normally does take about two months to get them in the exact right position before they can put an offer in on the house. You know, if they do have cash that they've been saving up, put that cash in the bank, and then we need to let it sit there for two months before we get two months' bank statements. So then we don't see that deposit. Um, So doing little things like that and getting them set up so we can use those funds but not have to source it. And, you know, they've just been putting it under their mattress for, you know, a year. Um, little things like that could make a huge difference whenever you start the loan process. So we don't run into any issues with depositing cash and stuff like that. Uh,
0: the, the weird idea of like showing my bank statements, you know, I think it, it there's too much wrapped up in it. Cause like you see so many of them that you're yeah. just like scanning numbers. And I think that can hold people back. Cause it, you know, finances are always taught that you never talk about it. You never talk about your money. You never talk about how much you're making, which I personally disagree with. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I think that it's one of those things where just don't let that be an inhibitor. And yeah. I'm only mentioning that because that was something that I thought about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of people. They're like, why do I need to send my bank statements? I have this much money. And I'm like, because Luck. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Like, it's not me. I, I don't care what you spent your money on. Like, I, I really don't. I'm looking for deposits and, uh, you know, bills being paid that aren't on your credit report for the most part or credit, you know, child support or, you know, something like that, that isn't showing on your credit report, but is a debt or large deposits that aren't payroll. Um, their whole thing is like money laundering and this and that. And so like, we have to match every single thing up. If you withdrew this money and put it into your savings from your checkings, then we have to get your 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 checking account too to make sure that that money really came from there and that you didn't make a deposit into there. And then, I mean, it's it's a mess. So we try to make it as easy as possible, Um, you know, from the beginning and prepare you so we don't get anything weird later on that we have to, you know, run around and try to Get all the documentation to to prove it.
0: Yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure Jason Bateman's not trying to clean money through a a three two. Yeah, you know it's like so it's it's not I don't know and and that's I mean it kind of makes me feel better that people do say that because I didn't want to feel alone and like the bank statement thing because it it, I don't know I it was like because I knew what it was but it's just like I mean and like I'm going through my bank statement it's like what did I buy (laughs) like I don't know it's just funny because um you know, you think about these tiny little things that can, that can inhibit you yeah. from this major goal. Yeah, It's like, am I really going to let someone seeing that I spent $37 at Taco Bell on Friday night, you know, stop me from exactly. buying a house? Like
1: one know. two, I mean, that's honestly, I will say that's one of the parts of the jobs that I actually don't mind. Um, I feel like, I know we mentioned like me being an only child and everything like that. Like I always figured out how to um, entertain myself. Mm-hmm. So like I was always finding something. My mom never had issues with me. Like she could go outside, mow the lawn, like do this. Like I always just figured out how to to keep myself entertained, made games, whatever. Um, and so like also with like working and stuff, like I don't like – something that's the same every day. Like, I feel like I would be so bored. That's just not me. I mean, I told my parents, I was like, if you paid for me to go to college, like paid me actually to go to college, like a job. I was like, I would have been a doctor. I would have been a dang brain surgeon for all I care. I love school. (laughs) I love studying. I loved note cards. Like just new information in general is just like, it, it makes me so happy. And you know, I just, I love every second of it. So with this job. There's nothing that's ever the same. No situation is is exactly the same. Loan programs are changing. You know, there's so many different programs and like workarounds and things like that, that it just, it brings me joy to, for somebody to come to me. That's like this lender couldn't get this, this deal closed. You know, what can you do? And for me to be able to like run all these numbers and do all these scenarios and be like, okay, we're going to do it this way and be able to get you closed. I mean, that just, it's freaking awesome. I love it. Yeah. It, it's so cool. And it just, it's never going to get boring. And I'm only going to, you know, learn more and and grow more and, you know, be better at it. So it, it's, it's really, really cool. All
0: right, sweet. Well, I think that's a good place to end us, Lindsay. We've, I've gotten a bunch from this podcast. I, I'm excited to listen to back to this and and hear it. And guys, again, if you have any questions about a loan, if you have any questions about the home buying process, Lindsay is available. She's here to listen. She's on Facebook, Instagram, look her up. Lindsay, Lindsay Emerald Coast, I believe is the, is the Lindsay IG. Lindsay, Lindsay
1: Emerald Coast. Yep.
0: Lindsay Lens Emerald Coast. Super easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) L L E C at M M. But yeah, Lindsay, I I appreciate you coming on and and
1: Absolutely. It was a pleasure.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, and I just I really just want to end, you know, this this podcast with, you know, one of my favorite quotes, you know, getting into this, into this job um that really has kind of changed how I look at things. Um it's helping one person might not change the world, but it could change the world for one person. Um, so, you know, I can't make huge things happen for everybody, but you know, one thing that I, I do or one loan that I close could really, really change the world for somebody. And, and that's what my goal is in the end of all of this.
0: That's awesome. Well, guys, go help somebody be a good person. Call Lindsay if you need a home. Thanks for listening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is a wrap here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Thank you all again for joining us as we welcomed Lindsay Carr from Movement Mortgage today and how she's striving to change lives one loan at a time. Guys, if you got something from this show today, if you feel like uh, somebody else might get something from this show, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, people you like, you don't like, you speak to them, you don't, you never met them, you've known them forever, shoot them a share, drop them a link, let them know about it i'd appreciate it they'd appreciate it maybe not maybe you just wasted you know an hour of their lives but hey either way you'll never know if you don't share it and remember taking the first step is the biggest one to take so with that being said i just want to really thank you guys again for joining us on the materializing mindset podcast make it a great day